Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. Thank you for downloading again today. Thank you for coming back on this journey with me. I'm so thankful that you are here. And welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. It's no accident that you're here, friend, so please don't run off quite yet. Please stick around for a little while and let's see what the Lord has for us today. Oh, uh, I am so excited to be in this section of Scripture that we'll find our verse in today. Of course, if you've been on this journey with me for very long, you know I love all the words and all the verses, so I'm just excited to be in His Word. I'm excited that there are other people who want to uh, think about God's Word with me, and so I am uh, I just welcome you today, and uh, I want you to know that I, I do not consider myself anything special. I am just a fellow traveler on this journey, and I love God's Word. I want other people to realize how much um, benefit there is in uh, being in God's Word. His Word is life. His Word is truth, and we need that. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we know that uh, God's Word is breathed out by Him and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's for us to be made complete, to be made whole. And so if we are believers, we must spend time in this Word. And so I'm just thankful that you stopped by. Well, I want you to know that I continue to pray for you frequently. I continue to pray that the Lord would draw you closer to Him and that you will want to know Him, that you will realize the importance of carving out that time to spend with Him. And please don't let this be the only time that you think about His Word today. Let there be other reminders of Him and His Word throughout the day. Um, Please have a memory verse you're working on or be reading uh, in different parts of the scripture. Uh, Work on your Sunday school lesson or your uh, small group Bible study lesson. Uh, Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. You don't need to wait till Sunday morning to worship, friends. This is an everyday thing. Give God the thanks and praise. And these are things that we can scatter throughout our day to keep our mind and our hearts stayed on Him. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Well, I also want you to know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, send me a message sometime. You can find my email down in the show notes. And I've talked to you about this uh, since the beginning of the year off and on, but uh, I would encourage you to consider doing uh, coming along this devotional uh, prayer journal with me uh, this year. And there's a, a long video, nine minutes about that in the show notes, but then my daily short form video link should be there as well. Um, I cannot put that on there till early each morning. <laughs> And so uh, sometimes if you're one of the ones on the other side of the world that listens to that before I get up, um, I usually do put the link sometime around six or seven um, Central Standard Time each morning. All right. Well, our verse for the day for January the 17th, 2024, comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. 
and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Oh, friends, there is so much stuff here, so I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn. As I mentioned, we are in Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we know that the Apostle Paul wrote this because at the very beginning of the letter, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. And so if you've uh, been along this journey with me for very long, or if you've done much Bible study, you'll recognize that this is how the Apostle Paul opens up just about all of the letters that we have of his in our uh, canon of Scripture. Um, you may recall that the old, we're not in the Old Testament, that the New Testament begins with the four Gospels, then it moves to early church history, which is the book of Acts, then it moves into Paul's letters, and there are 13 of those that we have. And then after that, it's the general letters, which were written by men who are not Paul, and then New Testament prophecy, which is the book of Revelation. It's very straightforward the way that the uh, New Testament is organized, Old Testament likewise follows a similar pattern. But the Apostle Paul often had this greeting, pretty much, I believe, in all 13 of the letters that we have. And um, he tells us that he was an apostle. He was appointed specifically by the Lord Jesus to be a messenger. And I'm so thankful that he, uh, that the Lord used him in this way because we have this wonderful teaching and doctrine and understanding that the Lord gave Paul to write to the people that he cared for uh, these letters so that we could understand and we can now read those too. It's just wonderful, just such a blessing if you uh, spend the time in these. And uh, Paul was not always, though, on that right journey. He was not always uh, wanting to share the goodness of God and the goodness of Jesus Christ. He was a Pharisee. And he was a religious leader. He thought he was uh, doing the right thing, uh, but he was against Jesus. He was against Christianity when it first happened. He thought that they were uh, not of God. He His eyes had not been opened. He did not see uh, that Jesus was, in fact, this long-awaited Messiah that he was supposed to be looking for. Um, Jesus didn't fit into the mold that the religious leaders had in their mind of what what the Messiah would look like. Um, but even though Paul was a persecutor and a blasphemer and an opponent of the gospel, as we read him describe himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, Jesus graciously met him on the Damascus road. And you can read about that in Acts chapters 9, 22, and 26 in that book of church history. And that uh, account of Paul's conversion is there. Um, and so I'm not going to spend time to go back and do that today, but I would encourage you to do that. Uh, it's good to be reminded about that frequently. And uh, Jesus met him. And then from that point on, the direction of Paul's life changed. And um, he began to share this good news of who Jesus is and what he had done with everyone. And so he was writing to these uh, 
people in Colossae. Now, the interesting thing is that he had never been to Colossae. The reason that he was writing this letter is because of a man named Epaphras, and it's thought that Epaphras was uh, probably converted on one of Paul's missionary journeys that he had heard about Jesus and had come to a saving knowledge of Christ uh, based on Paul's preaching on one of uh, Paul's missionary journeys. And so Epaphras went back to Colossae and shared the good news of the gospel there and started the church there. Paul had not been to this uh, church at Colossae. Uh, We can tell that because when we read in, I believe it's in chapter 2, of Colossians, he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. He um, cared so much about them because Epaphras had come to him while he was in prison because this letter uh, is called one of the prison epistles. This letter to the church at Colossae, uh, the one to the Ephesians, the Philippians, and also to Philemon were written while Paul was in a Roman prison. Uh, but Epaphras had come to him. He was so concerned about the believers there at Colossae because they were... Um, had gone after following some false teachings. There had been these false teachers that had come in, and there's always been danger of that. Uh, It's been that way since the garden, you know, when uh, that serpent came in and introduced doubt into Eve's mind and um, questioned what God had said and caused her to uh, question what God has had. And she uh, believed what the serpent said over what God had said. And this has been uh, the way that evil has worked from the beginning. And so these false teachers had come in and were uh, preaching something that was not the true gospel. And uh, this concerned Epaphras so much because some of the people were following those false teaching some of the ones who had first believed but then they had they were turning away and um, Epaphras needed that encouragement and that help and so he came to Paul and um, and then Paul wrote this letter back to the church at Colossae um, this letter was also supposed to be read to the church at the Laod- uh, the church of Laodicea and um, we read that there was a letter that went to them as well that they were that that went to that church at Laodicea that the Colossians were supposed to read, but we don't have a copy of that. Um, but Paul cared so much for these people that he he wrote this letter, and I just love the uh, how it opens up. So I'm going to start here and then read up to our verse for the day. One of the things apparently that had been going on there, one of the teachings was uh, that uh, Jesus was not truly God that Jesus was not equal with God the Father, and Jesus was not one with the Father, and that he was um, somehow less than the Father. And so Paul wanted to clear that up right quick, and that's what we're going to see as we read this. But let me open up here so you can hear this, and we'll read up to where our verse is located. He says in verse 3, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, 
the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So Paul's encouraging them. Uh, and he's saying, I've heard about how you love and I've heard about how you believed. And he's encouraging them and uh, about Epaphras, too. He's given uh, credentials. Uh, he's credentialing Epaphras there. And so they can know that uh, what Epaphras has been telling them was true. And then it says uh, in verse nine, and I love this prayer. I, uh, when people ask me how they can pray for me, this is often what I will tell them is if they would just pray Colossians 1, 9 through 14 for me, it'll be such a blessing. But it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then right after that, leading up to our verse for the day, he starts to tell more about Jesus. And oh, I just love this. It says, he, and that's talking about Jesus, the one in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He says, he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And then here's our verse for the day. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And I'm just going to stop there and we're going to park on this verse and see what else we can learn. But I just love what Paul's doing here because he's, it's like, let me tell you about who this Jesus is. Don't let anyone else uh, confuse you. Uh, everything is made by him, for him, through him. He was there in the beginning, and it's all about Jesus. Um, there were some that have, and then some religions today that take this part that says, um, where it says he was the firstborn of all creation. They're like, well, see, he um, he was not really there with God. He came after God, but uh, during creation. Um, but if we look in other places in the scripture, we can tell that is exactly right here uh, in our verse for the day where it says, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. If we go back to Genesis 1-1, and we've referenced this before, but this is just so important for us as believers to know. If you go back to Genesis 1-1 where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you look up in the Hebrew, that Hebrew word for God, it is Elohim. And Elohim is a plural word for God. So there was more than one there. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
And also, if you go to John 1-1, you can see that the Apostle John wrote, the Gospel writer John, the Apostle John, John the Revelator, that's all one person. In the beginning was the Word, and that was a capital W word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so, uh, Scripture confirms what Paul was telling here, uh, that Jesus was there in the beginning. He was, there was nothing made without him, and um, that is just such an important thing for us to remember when the world comes at us and says, oh, he's just a nice guy, or he was a prophet, but he's not truly God, because that's what a lot of uh, false religions will tell, and that's what the false uh, religions were saying here to these uh, believers at Colossae, was that he was not really God, he was not equal with God, that you had to do other things uh, to be right with God besides just believing in Jesus, and that was just not true. Um But it says, and he is before all things. We looked at those uh, scriptures, and in him all things hold together. It's about Jesus, friends. <laughs> um, he he is uh, what holds it all together. And he goes on to say next in these next verses, he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And so this is just such an important concept to park on. And I can't... um say that we can uh, fully understand the depths of this, or my, my human mind can't, but we need to know that what this word says is true, that Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And especially on this side of the cross, friends, for us who now have that very clear way to have eternal life, it has always been about faith. It's always before there was, uh, before Jesus was introduced as uh, to dwell on this earth, before God became flesh and dwelt among us. It was still all about faith to be in right relationship with God the Father, uh, but now. It's so important for us to see, yes, it is through Jesus that we have life. It is through Jesus that we know truth. It is through Jesus that we come to the Father, that we are reconciled, that we are uh, restored to right relationship with the Father. And it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, all all mixed together. And I don't... pretend to be able to understand it fully, but I know it's so because the word says so. And so I encourage you just think about that. Thank God for what he's done for us. Thank the Lord Jesus that he died on that cross and redeemed us. He bought us back uh, with his blood and made a way for us. He truly is the way, the truth, and the life. And I have to show you one more spot 
as we close here that the writer to the letter uh the writer of the letter to the Hebrews said he says when he was talking about Jesus he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power everything is by him for him through him and so give him thanks for that give him praise for that give him thanks and praise that we can know him and that we can be in right relationship with him Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.